Previously on Party in Peril. I have almost finished translating the inscriptions from the urns retrieved within the tomb. The language is celestial. I fear there is another piece needed to unlock the power we seek. A fourth coin. No, my lady. Something else. I recognize that face, friend. Have you forgotten who you really are? Sir Edmund Halsey. The rotting cadavers of the two children begin to lurch forward towards you, their rotted teeth gnashing like a rabid animal. The image of an elf, just but made of fire, start crawling its way out of Halsey. And likewise with Shepard, you can see the image of a man pulling itself out of Shepard, but also like you can see it's kind of being dragged by its arms like it's shackled or something. No, we need to stop him. He's trying to take his body back. What? He's trying to put Shepard in the damaged body. He's going to kill Shepard if he goes back in it. Are you saying they're exchanging the souls within the bodies? Shepard immediately hits the ground and is not moving. You see that you've interrupted some sort of argument between Captain Stein and a lot of his men. The first mate at seeing you guys board the ship looks very surprised. He suddenly looks very, very nervous. And you guys are closest to Stein and um, the two with him. And you can tell Stein looks super pissed. And uh, the first mate, like I said, looks very nervous, very surprised to see that you guys are there. Was this some kind of, uh, uh, what, what is it called? Like a mutiny, almost. It, it, it kind of looks like it could be something like that, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These suspicious crewmen. Um, what have we walked up into? <laughs> Stein kind of looks over his shoulder and sees you guys, and he's like, turns out that some of my men aren't who I thought they were and have been in league with the hands of the Ecclesia and whoever these blue-sashed bandits are. They are not very happy about our plan trying to hide these barrels. I mean, do, do we <laughs> immediately go into battle again? How do we? <laughs> I mean, that depends. What, do you, what, what are you going to do? It's well, a very, t- you can sense this is a very delicate, tense situation right now you've stumbled into. Mm-hmm. Right. Do we know what the captain is, what he's planning on doing? You, you really don't know. He just looks like he's, he looks like he's kind of been caught off guard a little bit. Um, but he's got a like sword captain. drawn. That was a captain talking just now, yes. right? Yeah, that okay. was Captain Stein yeah. speaking to you. Yes. You know, in fact, um, so the first mate, because he was he was surprised to see you guys come up there, and and he sees, um, he looks over and sees Shepard in particular, and sees that Shepard might still be alive, and he looks behind him towards the um, the ecclesia, the hands and and the blue sashes, and he says. Take them. But an arrow slams into his outstretched hand as the half-elf 
that was uh, behind Captain Stein next to you guys um, is quickly notching another arrow to his bow. And Captain Stein says, that's just a reminder. You're on my ship and they are under my protection. Mm. And you see the blue sashes begin transforming into various animalistic forms as the uh, the first mate snaps off a, a the shaft of the arrow that it's um, sunk into his hand where he was holding his um, sword. And he says, Sorry, Captain, but I take my orders from someone else. And these creatures have something that doesn't belong to them. And he's pointing at you guys. And the hands smile as they begin moving towards you. The lycanthropes begin to growl and hunker down as if they're ready to leap forward. Um, guys, do a perception check for me. A 16 for me. Okay. 12. All right. You guys can both see, um, because they're so intertwined with all the, the barrels and things like that, you can see that in plain line of sight, the barrel that Shepard had cracked open before is facing you. With the, the crack is right there, and you can see some of the powder spilling out. And it is right by where all of those guys are standing and ready to attack you. Yeah, I like to produce flame. That's my uh, cantrip. And then I can uh, throw it. Are they within 30 feet of me? Oh, yeah, this is definitely within 30 feet. But okay. you're hurling it not at the creature, but at the... Right, but at the... Yeah, she can, the I'll, yeah I'll let her throw it wherever. Yeah, she can throw it at the barrel. Well. So this... Uh, the flame leaves your hand as you throw it, and you see it speed right past that first mate who thinks it's going to hit him. And he steps out of the way, and then you can see like the the look on his face in just a split second as that flame reaches the uh, the powder in that barrel, and that barrel explodes, yeah. sending him and all of his men falling over. And uh, you can see the debris from the barrel starts to rain down and stuff. And the rest of the ship, there's little fires starting everywhere, uh -oh. and kind of starting to show up on top of all of the other barrels, all around the ship. And, and Captain Stein looks at you guys kind of incredulously like, what the hell did you just do? And he's like, abandon ship! And him <laughs> and his two men jump into the water. Um, Sarah tosses Shepard overboard and jumps in too. What about you two? <laughs> I guess I'm diving in. I can walk on water. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm going to do this instead. I'm going to do water breathing. This spell grants up to 10 willing creatures you can see within range the ability to breathe underwater until the spell ends. Nice. Uh, yeah, so... Well, the duration the, is 24 hours. So if we need to jump, if we're jumping into the water, I'm going to have all four of us being able to breathe underwater. Okay. In case we need to go into hiding or anything like that. Especially right. Shepard because he's yes. unconscious right now, I think, still. Yep. Yeah. So uh, creatures retain their normal mode of respira respiration. Cool. Okay. So I'm going to choose us four and also the captain because he seems to be on our side. Mm -hmm. And the elf, uh, the archer girl or whoever but behind him, right? Yeah, there's like two of them. There's a, a 
halfling that was helping, and then the the half elf was the archer. Cool. So they okay. they're it's a lot of halves. All right, I'm gonna let them breathe. Also. Okay. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you I'm breathe. I'm gonna let you survive. <laughs> okay. So you all hit the water, and Avador casts that um, that spell and. For for a split second, it's kind of a shock hitting the water because it's it's winter time, it's really cold, and you're kind of like gasping for air as you first hit, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like this this very smooth feeling, like this transition in your your chest and your throat and stuff, and you can find that you can suddenly breathe this water in. It's just going <laughs> in, and you're fine. Everyone um, gets gills, and you're not sure how this works because you don't have gills, and it makes no <laughs> sense, but it's working. That's magic. Yeah. <laughs> Before you guys surface, like you can hear beneath the water, you can still hear muffled shouting, things like that. And then all of a sudden, the gigantic explosion as one barrel after another just completely starts combusting. Oh, and man. the whole ship basically just explodes, goes up in flames, and debris is falling everywhere. And you're kind of under the water looking up, and you're seeing these pieces kind of rain down. And it's, it's strange because it's so weirdly silent as these pieces of, like, um, burning lumber are just kind of hitting and slowly floating along the surface. As you start to to swim back up, the, the water goes from this, like, dark bluish-green color to almost, like, bright orange and yellow as the fires are kind of illuminating the surface of it. Um, and as you break the water and um, are kind of back where you're able to breathe air, um, you can just see giant hunks of the ship are, are on fire and sinking beneath the waves. There's pieces around you. There are body parts everywhere. And uh, you slowly start seeing uh, Captain Stein and his two crew members are pulling themselves slowly onto shore. Sarah pops up and she's kind of like sputtering and coughing and trying to drag Shepard through the water onto the banks and you see that there are definitely no survivors from that explosion. Did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Avador. (laughs) Oh. Oh, shucks. Whoops. (laughs) As you guys make your way to the shore, you see a large man in plate armor standing there Thankfully, it's not Halsey reincarnated or anything, but it's a guy with plate armor, but he does not bear a sigil of the Hand of the Ecclesia. And Avador, you recognize this guy a little bit. So, in a previous episode, because I'm sure we've all forgotten by now for the most part, but (laughs) I know because I edit the thing. (laughs) Remind us. There was was a, a small stint in the tavern before you guys went to the tower to go on the rescue for that drow woman. And you saw a man who uh, was armored up, staring at Sarah as if he recognized her. And, and you were trying to say, hey, you know, there's this guy looking at us. Sarah didn't didn't recognize the guy, and he ended up leaving before you guys got a better look at him. But you now recognize that this man is standing before you all as you surface. And he says, quickly, we need to get you warmed up and hidden. Who are you? You've been following us. I thought I recognized this one there. And he points over at Sarah from the wanted posters. She's wanted by the Ecclesia. 
As am I. So we are allies. How do I know that you're not trying to use her for a bounty and to get away with whatever it is that they're trying to get you? I have no need for money. But you all are freezing. And I have a place for you to warm up. I do not trust you. I don't think we have a choice right now. Jeopard needs help. <laughs> Damn it, Shepard. <laughs> Even unconscious, he's getting you into yeah. trouble. <laughs> Sarah kind of looks a little baffled. Like, I mean, I guess. I I don't know. Captain Stein's like, whatever you can do to help us, we will take it right now. We are in dire straits. And he looks at Avador. He's like, you blew up my ship. You owe me. I was trying to save us. The man in the armor kind of starts walking back towards the village. Uh, the captain and his two start to follow behind. What do you guys want to do? Sarah's kind of looking at you guys for direction. I will threaten him. <laughs> it's like, if we find out that this is another trap, you will die. Good enough. I will take that. That's fair. What's your name? My name is Grunvold. Sorry, Grunvold. Just writing that down real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> So if you guys are falling behind him, he is, he's leading you kind of through, um, through like the, these like, almost like the slum part of this town that you guys were in, in, of Salt Shore. And he kind of takes like these back alleys and stuff, like sort of staying out of where lamps and torches are lit. So you guys aren't really being seen. Um, and he ends up kind of like he, he took you guys on this weird path but ends up right by the tavern where you guys were just several hours ago before all the craziness happened but you're on the other side of it and you can see there's almost like this offshoot of it that looks like something that was added on to it later like it's not as old as the tavern but that's not saying much because it looks like garbage um, <laughs> oh they did renovations he, very nice yeah. he pulls out this this big uh, iron ring uh, with with two keys on it, and he throws one key into the lock and unlocks the door and and opens it and uh, walks inside. Then behind him is Captain Stein and the halfling and the half elf, kind of follow him in, and he kind of looks and uh, waves you guys to to come inside. Does it look as uh, sketchy at all? Like as far as. Uh dark or anything? Is there a way that we can actually see if, if it's, um... Sure. Um, so peeking inside, you can see it's, it's kind of like this old dilapidated kind of shack. Um, it's just a singular room. It's a little wider than it is tall, though it doesn't really look like that from the outside. The outside makes it look like a lot smaller than, than it is on the inside. Um, the walls are mostly made up of, like, these this graying kind of decayed wood and covered with lots of furs to try to prevent the warm air from escaping through any cracks and stuff in the wood. Um, there's not a whole lot else to see in there. There's um, a couple cots. There's a few rugs on the floor. There's like this simple table with uh, just two chairs. Is there, um, a, if, is there a window at all that we could see from outside? There is no windows. Um, it's just basically all walls in the store. There is a fireplace in the corner um, with a fire going. And it's just this kind of average looking little shack. The fireplace is stone. You can see that there is a um, there is a, a pot 
kind of like a big cauldron kind of thing in the fire. Um, you don't know if there's anything in it at the the moment, but he kind of walks over to the side of it, grabs a couple small logs and tosses it in to make the fire a little bit, a little bit bigger. All right. I suppose, um, suppose we should walk in. Maybe Shepard can rest and start to heal. If Sarah, you still have my herbalism kit. I don't know if any, anything I have there can help. I'll do what I can with it. That's for sure. Yeah, let's get him inside. It's starting to get real heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You guys walk inside and kind of dragging Shepard along and you kind of lay him down on, um, on a, a fur, like a, like a skin rug right in front of where the fire is and stuff. And everyone else is kind of huddled around it. And, um, the man says, uh, I know it might be uncomfortable, but you might want to slip out of those wet rags and huddle by the fire before you catch winter sickness. Grunvolt, why are you so concerned with us? Eh, that is a bit of a story. I mean, if you have the time, which it looks like you do, I can explain. But first, let me at least get you some food and drink from the tavern. You can string up your clothes over in the corner to dry if if you want to. Otherwise, you're going to be cold for a very long time. Captain Stein and his crew immediately just, they're, they're unclothing themselves. Those three are just stark naked, and he throws a couple blankets and, and skins and stuff over, and they're just kind of like wrapping furs around themselves and kind of huddling next to that fire. He looks at, at Sarah. Sarah looks mortified. Like she's like, <laughs> like she has never taken anything off in front of anybody. And, and like, you can see it plainly on her face. Like she would rather probably die, but she's like looking around and like, you can see that she's like shivering big time. Like she is so cold right now. Can I, I'm like trying to figure out how I can help her maybe give her more heat or more, uh, flame to where she's at. So she doesn't have to just be around the same fireplace where they are. Well, can't you conjure flame? I can still? conjure flame. I'm trying to think if there's something else. I know I have like spells where like a willing creature can la da da. Well, as you guys are as you guys are doing this, so Grunwald, he kind of just looks at you guys and he's like, "I will be right back with food and drink. Um, you guys get cozy. Uh, good time." And he gives you a thumbs up and walks <laughs> uh-huh. out the door. <laughs> So I guess uh, Sarah and I set Shepard down, try as comfortably as possible. Like, what is the, is there like any kind of, are we just sitting him right on the floor? Is there some kind of platform or seating we can kind of lay him down on? There's two cots kind of like in the corner, but they're away from like where the fire is. But there is like a, a big like bearskin rug kind of like right in front of the fireplace. Um, right, we'll, there's a few we'll, other skins around too, but. We'll lay him sexily across the bearskin rug. <laughs> sexily, <laughs> <laughs> he would he would approve of this. Um, oh, he no. would be very happy. Yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll just lay him down on the bearskin rug and okay. try to you know modestly strip him from the uh, strip the wet clothing from him and just have him as close to the fire as possible. I kind of right. sit down, kind of cross-legged by him, just to kind of make sure he's still breathing, make sure he's alive. All that. All right. So you've got a, a butt naked shepherd just <laughs> sexily 
posed on this this rug, <laughs> yeah. completely passed out. We have his arm like <laughs> propping his head up in a very Burt Reynolds style. Yeah, the yeah. Burt Reynolds pose. I exactly. love it. He would be so proud of you. I, I know. I, if if we could take photos, I would. Sarah's like looking at you, like, check. Is that? Is it really necessary to do that with him? It was um, his last request before he passed out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember him saying anything, but I mean, you do know him the best, so he said it to I me. I will concede. Yeah, don't worry about it. Sarah's like continually shivering, just kind of looking at the fire, looking at the ones huddled in the 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 skins and stuff like that. And she's like, you can tell she's trying to figure out what what she wants to do. Is there underwear in this world, like undergarments? Um. Some people have undergarments. I wouldn't say everybody does. I'd say people that that have enough money probably do. Like people that are like squalid, living really poor, they probably don't bother with it because that's just more stuff they'd have to buy. When when you guys got me that like fancy getup, did you also buy me fancy underwear with that? You had you had <laughs> super silky heart boxers. Perfect. Just Aww. real silky smooth. And I loved them, so I've still had them on this whole time. So I just stripped down <laughs> to just my, my heart boxers, my heart silky boxers. heart boxers. Yeah, and, and they like they dry pretty quick, like that material. Perfect. So like you're probably doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing good. So I'm kind of curious. I've got a spell okay. that's uh, control water. Uh, okay. Am I able to just kind of suck the moisture in the water off the garments entirely and just kind of like get it completely out so they they become dry. Yeah, it says until the spell ends, you control any freestanding water inside an area you choose that is a cube up to 100 feet on a side. I would say normally no, but okay. what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you roll something and okay. then I'll let that decide. So I'm going to just have you um, roll a d20. If you get I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it a, a 15. If you get 15 or more, we'll let you do that. Okay, that'd be cool. Heart of the uh, cards. Here he goes. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Big bucks, no whammies. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? Well, I think What'd she just added more water to the room. Crit. Crit, crit fail. Crit fail? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah. For okay. real. Avador <laughs> sticks her hand out and, and like Sarah's looking at her very hopefully like oh she's she i've seen her do nature magic she's going to help me <laughs> and all of a sudden like the water on sarah starts like icing over and she's no. getting even colder <laughs> i'm going to roll for hypothermia real quick no. so that's what crit fails do Dang. um she she doesn't have hypothermia but she's 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 not doing good and then sarah's like okay forget it no one no one ever speak of this. And and she kind of like retreats to a corner and like she's trying to like hold a skin up like with one hand while she's trying to undress behind it with the other hand and like doing a really poor job of it. But uh, eventually she just is like gives in, just drops it, unclothes, wraps the, the, the fur around her and then goes and sits by the fire and she's like, Jack, avert your eyes. Avert your eyes, boy. I, I, I avert them. I'm so sorry, Sarah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Grunwald, Sarah. Grunwald, uh, uh, during this time, he, he kind of walks back in into the, the room, and he's got, like, 
like a, a big tray, basically, this wooden tray, and it's got some bread on it. He's got like a, a he's carrying this big, like almost like a half keg of wine um, on one shoulder and balancing the tray with his left hand, and he's kind of kicking the door closed. Um, there's also a big bowl of what looks like it might be soup or something like that. But he uh, kind of sets everything down on this table, and he's like, go ahead, eat, drink, warm yourselves up, do what you must. Sarah kind of, like, cowers a little bit, like, trying to cover up a little bit more. And, and Grunwald's just like, don't worry, I will not hurt you. And then he looks over at, at Stein and his men, and he's like, and if anyone else should try... He walks across the room and he picks up the biggest war hammer you have ever seen. Mm. And he's like, they will pay a price. You have my word. And he sets the war hammer down and just kind of goes over and slumps down into a chair. Why are you protecting us? This one, this Sarah of the Nine, she is enemy of the Ecclesia, as am I. So we are allies. How long have you been running? Oh, it's been several years. I actually used to be a hand. And he kind of points at his um, his chest plate. And you can see there's a spot where it looks like a sigil used to be. And, you know, from getting real up close with Halsey and have seen some of the other hands, like, you know that this used to be the, the plate mail that the hands wear, but... You can tell he's ripped that um, the sigil off, and he has no other markings, um, anything like that, of the hand. I was a hand of purity, a monster hunter, like uh, Sir Halsey, which I saw you fighting him earlier. I wanted to intervene, but it looked like you had it handled. I uh, was forced into retirement. I did serve with Sir Halsey for only a few months, but there was always something off about him, like a, a guilt beneath the surface I never really quite understood until I found many of us had been manipulated and the hand had been infiltrated, as was the Ecclesia. And so I took up arms again swearing an oath of vengeance to put a stop to the corruption within the Ecclesia. And then he looks over at Sarah. It looks like maybe you have figured something similar, yes? And Sarah just kind of looks at him and she's like, I don't know what to believe anymore. Well, thank you, sir, for this food and, and this lodge. Yeah, sure. It's, it's, <laughs> it's good, yes. And he gives you a thumbs up again. I've I've just been over there like like gorging on food this whole time. I'm very hungry. <laughs> Are you like drinking the wine and everything too? Anything. Whatever's in front of me, I'm just trying to down whatever I can. It's my street rat tendencies. They they've gotten the better of me. <laughs> he he kinda looks at you guys, um and he's looking at like Captain Sign and everything too, and he's like the uh blue sashes. Do you know who they are? Do you know what they are? Not exactly, but we have seen them before. Are you aware? Do you know who they are? 
I know great many things. I know that the blue sashes, they are the order of the full moon. They're all impulsive lycanthropes. Quick to anger, which makes them easier to kill. They're not afraid to get their hands dirty. But the secret is they aren't the ones calling the shots. Is If that is a term. Do you guys know what calling the <laughs> shots means? Is that the term you use? Yes, Gron. Yes. We, uh, we understand the term. Okay. The ones really calling the shots <laughs> are the Council of Blood. They are a vast network of vampires who prefer to work in the shadows. They are cunning and political, and they manipulate others to do the dirty work, which makes them harder to track, harder to kill. Whoever runs the council has forged an alliance with the Order. Working apart, they were much easier to weed out, but now the complicated nature of their schemes have made them more dangerous than ever. And using people like Sir Halsey, they have been able to infiltrate the hands of the Ecclesia and the Ecclesia itself. Some are imposters wearing human flesh, like Halsey. Others have been physically turned by the Order, but the vast majority are unknowingly following commands against the innocent, guided by the beast they swore to vanquish in the first place. I went British there when I was doing Russian. I don't know how I did that. But that, that happened, so we're just going to have to go with it. Okay. <laughs> Grunvolt, you know of Halsey. I do, yes. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> he was trying to transfer his spirit onto our friend Shepard. Can you tell us how we can make our friend better again? Is this magic? Is this something that I can do? We want to be able to mend him well. Hmm. He kind of walks over and, and kneels next to Shepard's body, and he's kind of looking him over a little bit. And then he looks over at you guys, and he's like, Who posed him so sexily on my floor? <laughs> I do a stealth roll. <laughs> no, he just I, looks around and he's just like Ugh. I peek over my shoulder and just kind of look back at the food you see um, you see him place a, a hand on, on Shepard's forehead by the light of the nine and you can see that he, he does something that you've seen Sarah kind of do in the past like this this kind of golden glow from his hand and it kind of spreads through Shepard's body and you can see some of like um, that shoulder that basically got crushed earlier kind of pops back into place and stuff like that and certain cuts and things start to mend and stitch themselves back together just leaving hints of scars behind but Shepard does not open his eyes he doesn't say anything and Grunwald looks he looks a little bit confused he says you say he was Someone was casting spell on him, you said. What did it look like? Whatever it was that he was doing, he was he was speaking in a language that I am unfamiliar with, and 
both souls seem to come out of their bodies and and Jack here, he he warned us that they were trying to maneuver across from each other. They were trying to exchange It was bodies. like they were transferring bodies. Hmm. He um, kind of looks down at Shepard again, like kind of pops in, like one of his eyelids back, kind of looks in a little bit. And he's like, I have healed his physical body, but if his soul is injured, that is not the kind of magic I know how to do. And and he kind of just looks around. He's like, does anyone else know anyone good with special magic? Um, magic not of the healing like I do. Does anyone know of others who can heal and do more than the physical? I'm quite educated in some magic and I do have a spell in which I can dispel magic, but I, I'm concerned. I, I don't know what it will do with him. I mean, we can try. Otherwise, the only other option is to get him to someone that can help. I wish I could do more for your friend, but this is beyond my means. Do you think it's he's cursed? This I do not know. Is there another medicine man? Is there another person of divination who might be able to give us these answers? You, how, with you being around and trying to be away from from the blue sashes and the console, anyone you can you can guide us to? I unfortunately would say between me. And he points at Sarah and says, and her, we are probably the best you have. At least here. How do we fix you? Around the room, Stein is is kind of the captain. He's just kind of sitting there and, and you can tell he's, he's very deep in thought. And um, looks up and he's like, well, wait a minute. Lord Octostick. I mean, if you're a lord, <laughs> hmm? couldn't we use your money and, and we could buy another ship and we can get your friend to someone um, for help? I can't believe I actually want to help this one. He has caused me so much anger and frustration. But, I mean, if we can contact your family, maybe something can be done. How much would a ship run for? Well... If we um, pull the amount of money together that we have now, we could get a small vessel. We would need at least all of us and at least two others to properly uh, crew this ship. So tomorrow, we might have to look around and see if we can find at least two other willing to help on our journey. Oh, can I go too? I... Uh, I don't want to stay here. The tavern food is not very good. And gives a thumbs up, but kind of like cockeyed. And Stein's like, well, yeah, Stein's like, how much, how much shipping experience do you have? Oh, um, none. I have never been on, on ship. 
Well, this will be interesting. Well, um, you can, you are a healer. You can come and give aid and protection, but we still will need to find two more crew tomorrow. But we at least need to get some sort of rest tonight. We've had kind of a rough day. And with that, you you see kind of um, the others kind of nod in agreement. Now, I'm going to give them names because it's really hard to yeah. <laughs> keep describing these two and not mix them up. So the, the halfling's name is Piper. Um, okay. Little female, um, kind of roguish looking, you know, has similar kind of armor weapons like Jack would have. And then the the half, half elf um, who's kind of, he's kind of sitting against the, the wall kind of talking with her just... They just have been chatting um, with each other, kind of amongst themselves the whole time. His name is El Ross, and he is just kind of—he's got like one of his arrows out, and he's just kind of fidgeting with it, just kind of rolling it between his fingers and stuff. So we have Piper and El Ross. Yes. So uh, those two, along with Captain Stein, they're kind of sitting against—they—they—they've um, warmed up a little bit. They're not like directly in front of the fire. They're kind of like off to the side of it now, just kind of leaning against the the wall there and. Stein's looking a little surly, but mainly just kind of thinking about, you know, what he's going to have to do to find some crew members tomorrow and stuff like that. And if hopefully that there is a ship um, of the size he's thinking of that you guys could afford if you pull the money. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to just kind of walk over and be like, uh, Captain Stein, I'm going to come clean with you. I do not come from riches. In fact, it's <laughs> exactly the opposite. My name uh, is not Jekyll's Octostick. It is Jekyll, though. I'm not very creative. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But what I can promise you is that I will offer any money that I have available now to help out because I know we've put you under a great deal of stress and really cost you your ship. So... <laughs> You're you're helping us, so the least we could do is help you in return. He's kind of like dumbfounded at first. He's just like, uh, uh, I'm gonna have you roll something real quick, just to see how he reacts to this news that you've been lying to him the entire time. I Can know. I roll and blew his ship up. Can I roll a persuasion thing? Yeah, do a um, yeah, do a persuasion. Okay. Kind of want to intervene. <laughs> oh well. You don't need to. I got a what 24. Stein kind of like sags his head a little bit and runs his like hands through his hair and just kind of laughs to himself like, <sighs> of course, of course that would happen. That's such a dumb last name. Of course. <laughs> All right. I, you know, you think I've fallen for this so many times. You think eventually... <laughs> I would stop falling for the fake made-up names of a young lord from some far-off <laughs> land. But no, it's happened again. <laughs> anyway, well... Fool me once, shame on shame <laughs> on you. Fool me 375 times, <laughs> shame on me. Yeah, you would think after the eighth time I would uh, have figured it out. But Jack, you said it was Jack? Yep. <laughs> Just well, thank you for at least coming clean with me. Yes, I will welcome your your aid, and uh, I did I did make a promise when we first started out, 
that I would at least see you all to Pondalus. Now, given the circumstances, I don't know if that's where you would still want to go, but I will take you at least that far. And then he looks a little ashamed, and he says, Well, if we're being truthful with everyone, there... There's something that I should come clean about as well. Before we left, and the reason we left early, it was always the plan to take the shipment of barrels to Pondalus. But then a messenger from Pondalus came to me and gave me something else and told me that we needed to get it to Pondalus faster. It was a small pouch, and I was told not to look in it, and I didn't. But I hid it in my desk drawer. It was mentioned by my first mate before he betrayed me. He wanted to know where the key was. I can only imagine that there was a key in that pouch. But several nights ago, that key went missing. I don't know what happened with it. All I know is, it was there, and then it wasn't. Of course, I do remember a rather large rat being <laughs> in my cabin that night. I don't think a rat would be able to break into a locked cabinet and remove it, but with everything else weird that's been happening with us, that's the only thing I can think of, but that rat and the key is probably long gone with the rest of the ship. You see, my, my face is just twitching some, and I'm sweating a little bit. <laughs> But I'm not saying anything yet. <laughs> Wait, what was that? What was that key for again? Refresh my memory. You have no idea. But you guys, you we have it. Got that key out of his desk drawer. It smelled like the man from Pondalus that you guys had had known that he had spoken to, mm. and you took it back to your cabinet. And it's been on your person ever since. Would you like to make another confession? <laughs> Since we're still coming clean. Well, well, now I'm kind of on the spot. Uh, so, Captain, confession number two. I, oh, my God. Not only <laughs> was I not a rich noble, but I am also <laughs> a were rat. But uh, I'm a good one. I'm a good one. So I, I, I don't mean anybody any harm. I took your key. Sorry. I, I do still have the key on me. I, I took it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm coming clean. I'm going to give the key back to you. Well, <sighs> what, we, we, do, we know what it's for. Do you know what it's for? I have no idea. And he's just like, <laughs> you can tell he's like kind of trying to mask his rage and anger right now. He's like <laughs> talking through his gritted teeth. You can, over in the corner, you can see Sarah just face palming right now. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, I can't believe we let things get this far. Um, Grunwald just doesn't know what's going on, but he's very happy. He's just very entertained and he's got his arms crossed and he's just got this big grin on his face. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I like it. Everyone's talking. I feel good about myself because I helped. Just throwing thumbs up back right. and forth. Yeah. <laughs> he's just doing his thing. The captain's like, I don't know what it was for. I just know that it was important enough to move our schedule up and important enough that when I could not produce it, 
my first mate and the rest of my crew turned against me. And seemingly out of nowhere, the hands and the, I guess, the order, as we now know them, show up also demanding for the key. That is as much as I know, we're all in the same boat now. God, no, you burned my boat. Fuck. <laughs> we're in no boat now. You know, maybe it's better we hold on to this key than it sounds like there's a big target on whoever has it, and we don't want to put you in any more danger. It's true, Captain, and, and Jack <sighs> speaks the truth this time, and and he is... <laughs> This time. This time. God, way to kick me when I'm yeah. down. <laughs> but he is good at his trade. He's quite well he's quite well diverse and and turning into a were rat does have some benefits. In fact, should we need more more coin, I believe he might be able to come around the, the town and the city and and scavenge some more coin should we become short. Is that what we're calling theft now? Scavenging? It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice way to say yeah. it. The, the captain just kind of gets up, walks across the table, says, or across the room towards the table where the food is, and he says, fine. You hold on to the key for now. You are apparently better at holding on to it than I was. Um, tomorrow, We'll see what money we have, we will purchase a ship, and we will find enough crew to get us the hell out of here. And he picks up a piece of bread and you, you can hear it crack as he breaks it apart and starts munching on it. I think it'd be kind of fun if like uh, I, I had given the key back to him, and then we're talking to him still, convincing him to give it back to us. And he reaches down to give it back, but it's not even and there. It's gone. And I just have it again. Yeah. <laughs> you already yeah. stole yeah, it. I've already, like, I already took it back. Habit. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. 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 Here it is. I got it. <sighs> I just don't understand why it would be so sought after that creatures and the hands and it feels like everything is after this key and after the lot of you as well. Actually, Piper, the little the little halfling lady across the, the room, kind of perks up at that, and she's like, Oi! That's right! Why are they coming after you lot? Well, <laughs> we have been wanted for a while. Well, I'm not surprised about that. Any other confessions, then? I, I did hear from our new friend Grun Grunwald, is it, over here? Grunwald? Grunwald! Yeah, yes, that. Um, that at least Sarah has been wanted by the Ecclesia. So the, the rest of you also, I assume, and he looks down at Shepard and he's like, definitely that one. There's no way he's not wanted by somebody for something stupid. Elros speaks up, the, the half-elf, and he says, I do remember they said a man named Hiram would be retrieving it from you in Pondolus once you reach the city. Does anyone know of a Kyrum. Everyone's just kind of shaking their heads. Stein's like, no, thank you for remembering that. I guess I forgot in the midst of my entire life being turned upside down and not being a captain of a ship any longer. But no, all I had was his name. That's, that's all I know. 
Would it be possible for Avador to do an Arcana check, maybe, to see what's going on with uh, Shepard? Or see if she sure. knows anything about that? Yeah, go ahead and try to do an Arcana check. 13. Um, no, you're not really sure what's going on with Shepard, honestly. A few of the, the others start kind of like settling in, kind of wrapping cloaks around them. They've all gotten a little bit of food now. Um, Grunwald starts taking his armor off and kind of looks over at, at Shepard again and just kind of grunts. And he says, oh, it's too bad. And then um, gets into one of the cots and, and pulls a... Uh, uh, a blanket over the top of him and Grunwald's just kind of kind of going to sleep and it looks like some of the others are starting to drift off a little bit too Sarah's wrapped herself in so many furs and blankets it's kind of ridiculous but she does not want any skin to be seen there she's uh, she's not that kind of girl I'm still sitting on the floor near Shepard but I have my kind of knees up and my arms propped on them and just kind of lay my head down on my arms. The next morning, as light begins pouring in through some of the cracks in the wooden walls, you all kind of wake up to the sound of uh, Grunwald entering the shack from the outside in his armor and cloak. And um, looking around, you can see that like those that, that did disrobe um, overnight, like the clothes are all dry. They've actually even been neatly like folded and stacked near the fireplace which is kind of mostly just down to like warm coals at this point, just kind of smoldering a little bit. But the, the shack's still pretty warm, and, and everyone's feeling pretty refreshed and, and pretty good. Grunwald kind of looks um, towards Sarah and the rest of you, and he says, No other hands are signs of the order. However, the magistrate has men surveying the wreckage over at the western side of the docks. If you're to go down there, I would stick to the east side, which is where most of the boats for sale are there anyway. So, so good. And he gives thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Stein's awake. He's already kind of dressing and getting everything together and stuff. And he kind of says, all right, everyone, we need to pool some money together. And so um, how much do you guys want to chip in to try to buy a new boat? Well, we do not know the market. <laughs> do we Do we know how much the boat is? It's going to cost a couple thousand. A couple thousand? Yes. Okay, so how... Who's our accountant? <laughs> uh, let's see. So Sarah's got 700-ish. So she's going to... She's going to chip in most of it. She's going to keep about... She's going to keep about 10 gold for herself as like necessity like if you guys need you know like she's gonna need to, to buy some new medical kits things like that but but that's what she's gonna do i'll chip in 800 sarah starts going through shepherd's clothes which are not on him yet because dreading putting them on him because it's weird she sees that he has 696 gold 
and she is going to give up 690 of it. Shepard's going to be very <laughs> upset when he wakes. <laughs> Piper and Elros throw some money together. Stein gets some and um, starts he starts putting all of the gold in like this big bag. And even like Grunwald throws like a gold over and he goes, this is all I have. How much was that? They almost have enough. They would need a couple, at least 400 more, at least. I'm willing to put in 500. Oh, okay. Cool. Just in case. Sure. Taxes and all. So that will be enough to buy like a, a good size ship. Basically the, the, basically the ship that um, Stein had in mind. But he kind of, he thanks everybody and, and thanks Grunewald for, you know, giving them some, some rest and, and food and kind of taking care of stuff. Um, and Grunewald's just smiling and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, big dumb <laughs> grin. He's not the yeah. smartest guy. He's just, he's a giant teddy bear in armor. Mm-hmm. Um, Lovable brute. Yeah. Stein looks over at, at Piper and Elros and, and he says, okay, um, you two, I need you to help me in finding a ship with this gold. He looks at Grunwald and he's like, would you be able to go help and see if you can recruit a couple people? But Grunwald looks at Sarah and kind of uh, gives her gives her like a knowing look and he says, I have need to speak with the sister alone, if that's okay. And Sarah just kind of glumly chimes in, former sister of the Ecclesia. But yes, that's fine. So Stein nods and says, very well. And he looks at you, Avador, and Jack, and he says, then I will need the two of you to go out and try to recruit at least two able bodies. Stronger the better. Um, Everyone meet us at the East Docks by midday, and we will leave as soon as we are able. And Sarah says that... uh, She'll make sure that she comes back for for Shepard before you guys are ready to take off and everything. So up to you guys, uh, wherever you want to go in this town to look for some recruits. You can do tavern. You can go to the marketplace. You can walk around the docks, whatever you guys want to do. Do we have any idea of what we're offering these people except like, hey, you want to ride aboard a ship? It's up to you guys to to come up with some sort of uh, way to persuade them. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you might, I mean, you might pick up on things in conversation that that might kind of jive with, did I just really say jive? That might jive Jive. with with (laughs) things, but I mean, it's really kind of, it's up to what you can glean from these people. You can use all of your wits, you know, perception, whatever, to try to figure out what would get these people to go with you? How's your deception and charm? Uh, great. So I think the best place we're going to find anybody who may have been aboard a ship or may be able-bodied enough would be a bar, especially somebody who's easy to convince because they may have had a little too much liquor. What do you think? <laughs> Sounds like you're describing your friend Shepard. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a Home Depot around here with a, a group of of gentlemen outside of a lot? Might be looking for work. 
<laughs> Jeez. If you weren't already Hispanic, that'd be kind of racist. <laughs> I almost said the same thing, but like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's okay if you say it. <laughs> diplomatic immunity. Okay. Yeah. Diplomatic immunity. I like that. Okay. So, so are, are there bars in this town? Like, yeah, uh, actually we're still so, in the same town, right? Yeah. You're still in the same town. So actually the, the, uh, shack that you're in is like, um, was built as an add-on to that tavern. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, um, right, right. That's yeah. where Grunwald's been staying. So literally, if you want to go in the tavern, all you have to do is walk out Grunwald's door and walk around the other side to enter the tavern. Uh, I agree with you, Jack. I believe uh, we should possibly see if there's a, if there are any gentlemen willing and inebriated enough to <laughs> come aboard our adventure. My thoughts exactly. But what are we going to offer them? Well, they are inebriated. Okay. And you huh. you are quite charming. Maybe maybe the Lord no, no, Octistic nope. can, uh, <laughs> can make an appearance. Lord Octistic oh, trying to make an, another appearance. All right. I, I change into my lordly clothing <laughs> just in case. Thanks for listening to this episode of Party in Peril. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends or friends on social media and use the hashtag NerdSloth so we can thank you for your support. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, uh, give us a rating, all those things that can help out the show. It's like rolling a nat 20 every time. See you next episode. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, catch us on YouTube and Twitch or visit us at nerdsloth.com.